Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Good evening and welcome to Marriage Radio with Joe Beam. <clears throat> Sometimes we refer to this as the doctor show. <laughs> I better slow down so I can talk as the Dr. Joe show. Tonight we're doing an open mic in the sense that you can call and ask me about anything you wish to ask when it comes to relationships. It doesn't make any difference if you're single or if you're married or whatever kind of situation that you are in. If you have a question about relationships. Now, it could be that you're going to ask a question about your husband or your wife, some particular situation that you're facing that you want to know what to do. Now, understand that I won't tell you what to do, but I'll listen to you and I'll help you think about possibilities that can work for you and how those possibilities could lead to you having what it is that you need to have. Now, if you are single or married, please go ahead and give me a call. My telephone number is 646-378-0424. That is 646-378-0424. Now, understand that you can also ask about other questions, such as sex or forgiveness or trust or parenting or anything that has to do with relationships. Now, I had an email from Sweden a uh, young lady listens to us from over there, and she can't listen live to us because it's about, what, like 4 a.m. over there when we do the program here in America. And so she's asking me, okay, can you answer my question? The problem is I had it a few minutes ago, and now for whatever reason, it has disappeared. <laughs> so I can't really ask her answer her question. I know it was about limerence, and I know it was about setting boundaries. So let me go ahead and talk about those things just a little bit as I start, even though I can't find the email the lady from Sweden sent. Limerence is a state where one person feels that he or she is madly in love with another person. Sometimes people talk about limerence as if it is not real, as not a kind of love. But you understand that when we look at it from a social science standpoint, there are many different kinds of love. And we don't say that they are not love. We just have different names for the different kinds of love. For example, there's a love that we call uh, commitment love. Well, actually, we call that empty love. Empty love is when a person is committed to stay in a relationship, but doesn't feel any intimacy for the partner, doesn't feel any passion for the partner, but are committed to stay. And they may be committed to stay for any number of reasons. For example, maybe their religious beliefs, or maybe the fact that they don't feel they have any place else to go. There could be any number of reasons, but that is a kind of love, believe it or not. We just call it empty love. That's the kind of love we call liking. And liking is a kind of love that has little to no commitment and little to no passion you really open up to each other. You feel that you can talk to each other, understand each other, listen to each other. Now, some people might not call that love, but it indeed is a kind of love. There's another kind of love that's just called infatuation. That kind of love, for example, has great deals of passion, intense desire for the other person, but little to, to no intimacy and little to no commitment. Now, I can go on and on. There are eight kinds of love just in that one model. Limerence is also a kind of love even though we don't want to think about it that way. Limerence between two people who are single actually is okay as long as one of them is not bad for the other. Now, let me explain this just a minute or two before I start going to the callers. You understand that in limerence, people are in an intense level of emotional connection to another person. Usually, though not always, it turns into a sexual relationship as well. We know from some of the studies by Dr. Helen Fisher and her colleagues and others that a person who is in a limerate state actually has a decrease in serotonin in their brain. Serotonin is a calming chemical. We also know that they have an increase in dopamine in their brain, and dopamine is an ecstasy chemical. It gets people uh, feeling like this is amazing. There's nothing else like this. And so when a person is in limerence, if they're two single people and they have a right to each other in limerence, it's not going to cause any great problems other than the fact that they're going to have very decreased, <laughs> very decreased productivity while they're in the limerent state. Limerence is bad in the following situations. 
for example, if a person who is single is in limerence with another person who is single, but that person is really bad for them. I teach on, in the uh, psychology department at Lipscomb University as adjunct faculty, and every semester I teach a class on human sexuality. And in that class, I talk a lot about relationships, including marriage, because I think if you're going to explain human sexuality, you need to explain it in a concept, a context that is of a relationship. And I say to those young ladies in my class, as well as the young men, what you need to understand is this. If a person that you're in a relationship with now is doing things that are unacceptable, don't think that he or she is going to change just because you marry him or her. And so I say, if you have, for example, a boyfriend who is dominating and controlling, and you think, well, it'll get better when I marry him, it's not going to do that. And yet, if a person is in limerence with that dominating and controlling other person, even though they're both single and you say, well, they have a right to marry each other and everybody else can see that it's going to be a very bad relationship. It's going to be a bad marriage because that person is going to continue to dominate and control and just literally rip the other person apart emotionally because of the limerence state. They typically cannot see it. It's what's called a halo effect. A halo effect basically says, because I have one good feeling about you, I tend to think everything about you is good. Therefore, either I do not see your flaws, or if I do, I minimize your flaws. And so limerence then would be bad between two single people. Another way that limerence can be bad is if one of them is married to someone else. And we hear a whole lot about that in our work with couples. We specialize in helping people who are in marital crisis, although we really deal with all kinds of relationships, including those who are single, parent and child, etc. But in dealing with marriages in crisis, by far the number one thing we see is that one spouse wants to save the marriage because he or she loves the other spouse, but that spouse has gotten, gotten into a limerent relationship with someone else. And therefore, they want to be with that person. They think, wow, this is the person God meant for me. This, nobody else has ever felt this before. This is absolutely amazing. It's going to be tremendous. And I don't know that I could explain it to anybody else because nobody else has ever, ever, ever had anything like this before. Well, I have. Many years ago, I was in that kind of relationship with another person to the point that I actually left my wife. I actually divorced her and we were divorced for three years. At the end of those three years, we did remarry each other. And that was 29 years ago that we remarried each other. At least it will be 29 in June. And so when I talk about limerence, it's not just something I have studied. It's something I've actually experienced. So I know what it means. I know what it's like. And when I talk about it, I say, look, if you're in that kind of situation, and you cannot see the flaws in the other person, well, it's because of the fact that <laughs> that, that person is having the halo effect with you. Okay, that says a little bit about limerence, and I know that the email from Sweden, even though I can't find it, was about limerence. I hope I answered whatever it was she was asking. It seems that email has disappeared, but tonight I said we would go to the callers, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go to area code... 937. Hello, 937. Welcome to the Joe Beam Show. Hi, Joe. Hello. Can you give me a first name to call you, please? Uh, Jamie. I'm sorry? I just, Jamie. Jean or Jane? Jamie. Okay. Um, I heard Jane. That's what I'm going to call you. I understand. I see from your area code, you must be calling from Ohio. How can I help you this evening? Um, I just had a couple questions since you were speaking about the limerence. Um, my husband has been gone out of state living with the other woman for almost six months. And uh, we have three kids. Um, I've spoken with you a couple times. My oldest, who's 14, still has nothing, wants nothing to do with him, doesn't want to visit. Um, my middle son, who's taken it really hard, he's finally, you know, he's in counseling. Um, the What I'm confused about is, we don't have a lot of communication. Um, when we do, it's through text messages about kid things. Um, and when we do the exchanges with the kids, he's always friendly. Um, it's never, you know, anything mean. We don't argue. And it's gotten to where, you know, he'll, he's really nice. He'll give a hug. Uh, thanks for letting me visit with the kids and everything's friendly. Mm-hmm. And it's just confusing to me because I have not, since he left, blown up his phone or you know 
cried, begged, pleaded, none of that. I haven't brought up our relationship this whole time. And I'm just trying to kind of take a back seat and let this then kind of ride the wave for lack of a better term. But mm-hmm. it's getting it's getting hard because I don't know if that's doing the right thing. Right. I don't see any progress with anything, and it's been hard. And um, on Mother's Day, I really wasn't expecting um, anything, but he sent me a text message that says, you know, Happy Mother's Day. You've always, you are and always have been an amazing mother to the kids. And he says nice stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know what I can do um, because obviously I want him to come home, but I just don't, I'm, I'm in the 10 week course. I'm waiting for that to start back up, but I just don't know how I can get to the point where I can bring up the workshop because that's what I would really like to do. Um, I don't want to do anything to push him away, but my thing is my 12 year old, the one that's in counseling, he won't tell his dad how he feels. So me being the safe place, I get the attitude and the tears and the, the calls from the school and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not trying to force my son to talk to him and I'm not going to guilt my husband and say, you know, they're crying themselves to sleep and, you know, whatever to make him feel bad. But my 12 year old doesn't want to talk to his dad. And I know it's because he's afraid if he tells him what he's feeling that, you know, he won't see him, you know, but I'm just kind of, it's going in every different direction and I just don't know what I can do. I want to reconcile this marriage, but I don't want to force myself on him and push him away farther. Right. And that's exactly what it would do. We know that when people, well, I say exactly what it would do. You understand we can talk about general principles. I don't Mm -hmm. know your husband and I don't know you. Therefore, I can't say this absolutely will happen or that absolutely will happen because people are unique. But in general, we find that absolutely be true. That if you push, if you whine, if you plead, if you beg, the very things you said you're not doing, If you do those things, we know that it tends to push the other person away. It's like, oh, my goodness, let me get away from you. It sounds like you're doing all the right things. Now, of course, you understand you're in the team-week course. Even though it feels like I'm not doing anything. I mean, it feels like I'm doing nothing to to move towards that. You know what I mean? And he's not bringing up divorce or anything like that. So I don't know if that's a good sign. Okay. Well, if, uh, think about it this way. In the two-week course, we keep saying, if anything works, this will. If anything mm-hmm. works, this will. Now, by continuing to have contact with him and by not setting any strong boundaries, that actually is a positive thing unless. Unless what's happening by what he's doing is causing you great emotional pain or unless it's having such a negative effect on the children or unless he's doing something that's actually destroying him. When that happens, you have to move into a different phase, or at least I say you Mm -hmm. have to. Let me be careful. It's probably wise to move into a second phase. The phase you're in right now about being the safe place, not pushing, but being there to listen, to understand, et cetera, is extremely powerful. And some people have stayed in that state for a long period of time. I mean, if I may ask, how long has it been for you? Five months, almost six. Okay. Well, I've seen people stay in that state for a year or over. And in that period of time, eventually the other person begins to come back. What I mean by that is when they know that they can talk to you, when they realize that you're not going to be judgmental, harsh, mean, yelling, attacking, criticizing, so forth and so on, Often what will happen is with time, they begin to open up a little bit more and a little bit more. And when they give you those opportunities, you have genuine and true conversations. Now, that lasts only as long as you can do that. At whatever point, it becomes destructive to you emotionally, spiritually, or to your children. Or, for example, if he's out there doing something that's so bad, you know that what he's doing is destroying him. That's when you move to the next phase. We've talked about boundaries, and you may have listened to our podcast on boundaries. You can hear it on iTunes. That's when you say, okay, this is the boundary. If you do that, this negative consequence is going to occur. Or you might set a criteria which says, I need you to do this. If you do this, here's the positive consequence. If you don't do this, this is the negative consequence. And, And you put that into effect If you set either a boundary or a criteria and you set a consequence, then it has to be a consequence that you follow no matter what. You can't give grace. You can't give mercy. So when do you do that? You do that only when you finally reach the point where you say, I can't live like this any longer. 
Now, I know that five months for you probably feels like a lifetime. But in the scheme of things... It really does. Well, I'm sure it does. But in the scheme of things, five months is actually not very long at all. Now, if you say that's that's enough, though, I can't tolerate it anymore. Fine, I suggest boundaries and criteria. If you can be strong and hang in there a little longer... I suggest that you keep doing so, even though it appears that you're not accomplishing anything. The fact that he feels he can communicate with you some, the fact that he sends you nice texts occasionally is a good sign. Now, it's not a definite sign that things are going to get better, but it's a good sign. There are any number of people listening right now who would say, boy, I would give anything just to get that far. You were about to say something? Well, um, back in December, I had talked to you, and um, he had called me because there was no really no communication. He left two days before Thanksgiving, but um, around it was New Year's, right before New Year's Eve, he had called me, which I was kind of surprised, and he had told me that the other woman had looked on my Facebook and found out that we were in fact still married, and she mm-hmm. got upset and had him leave. And obviously he went back. And I remember you saying, you know, <clears throat> that could be a crack. Well, could be. I was, I was praying on that. I'm like, well, that's a pretty big lie, you know? And mm-hmm. with my 14 year old, not wanting anything to do with him, not talking to him. And I know it bothers him. My husband truly is a good man. I mean, there's been mm-hmm. no negative as far as, you know, with the kids or anything like that through the whole process. But, um, with the relationship with his 14-year-old son, him not wanting anything to do with him, I was thinking, okay, that could be another thing that could start to wear him down because right. this woman has two boys also that are the same age as our sons. And I, I'm thinking, okay, you're there every day. She, you, she didn't have to up and move this far away from her kids. You're giving all this stuff up like you don't see your kids. You know, your your sons feel replaced. Like when are you going to – I hope you wake up and – the limerence kind of fades a little bit to the reality is like, this is what I'm giving up. Like, Mm -hmm. is it worth my, the relationship with my kids to have this? Right. And since you've been through the limerence, I mean, I know it's a process, but do you think that he even wonders about us through this process? I mean, especially having kids. I do not know. I obviously don't know him. Therefore I don't know (laughs) what he's thinking, what's going on in his head, et cetera. And nobody else does except him. I mean, all kinds of people can make all kinds of speculations based on, well, based on what people normally do, he's probably thinking this, or based on what usually happens, this is probably what he's feeling. But understand, those are just guesses based on what you see other people do. So I can't tell you whether he does or not. If I were in your shoes, it's kind of hard because you always say they they can vilify, and he's never done that. So that's why I wonder if it's limerence, because it's like he's not doing that. Right. Yeah, but he's abandoned you. He's abandoned his children. He's living with another yes. woman. If that's yes. not limerence, I don't know what else it could be. Because you tell True. me he's a good man. You tell me he's doing things that are contradictory to his belief and value system. And therefore, right. by, by the way we understand limerence, it would be limerence. Here's a suggestion for you. Suggestion <clears throat> is this. Uh, first of all, uh, you are right, in my opinion, you are right not to push your son to communicate with him. I get that. I think that makes sense. However, I think it could be of value, and this is just an opinion, so take it that way. I think it could be of value if you sit down with your son, if you sit down with him and say, I really want to tell your dad why you don't talk to him. Will you agree for me to do that? I I won't throw you under the bus. I won't say bad things about you. I just want him to understand how much that he's hurt you. Will you give me permission to do that? And if he, if your son says yes, then the way to approach your husband is not in an attack mode. Like, let me tell you what you're doing. You're a terrible man. This is how you're destroying your son. Because if you attack, he's going to become defensive in all likelihood. Instead, you do it like this. I really need to talk to you about something. I know you love your children. Therefore, I need you to understand something. And so let me explain to you what our son is feeling, why he's avoiding you. Now, when you do it, you do attacking. You do it openly and honestly, but without attacking. If he tries to defend himself, you don't, you don't argue back. You just say, oh, I'm not here to accuse you. I'm here to tell you what your son's feeling. Therefore, you don't need to defend yourself to me. If he says, well, I need to call my son and defend myself, then I would say something like, I don't think that's going to work. Because you understand. Are you talking about with the oldest? The I'm oldest talking about boy? the one that, that won't talk to him. Right. Yeah. Is that what, yeah. That, that's what I'm talking about. That 
yeah. that you say in very non-attack kind of way, I need to tell you how it's affecting your children. And I need to take it why he doesn't want anything to do with you. Now, if you do that, I would strongly suggest if you do it, that you get permission from your son to do it. And, and if he, your son may say, yeah, but if he calls, I'm not going to talk to him. If that's the case, you say, oh, and by the way, I got my son's, our son's permission to tell you this. Uh, don't try to call him because you're just going to push him into a corner if you do. I just want you to understand what's happening to him. Now, that well, has a possibility of creating a crack. Now, I'm not saying it's going to. I'm saying it has the possibility of creating another crack if indeed he really loves his son. But then again, if he's in total emirates, it may not. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing with that, I wouldn't even have to ask my son that because since day one, and I think that's another reason why my husband kind of is standing back from him, is in the beginning, every interaction he would try to have with my son, my son called it for what it was. He looked him in the eye. He said, I don't respect you right now. You've committed adultery. Um, that's, okay, so that's, he already knows you know, all against, Oh, yeah, he told him all. He told him okay. himself. I didn't have to ask permission. You know? Okay. He's called then, him out every single time. Yeah, then never mind the suggestion I just gave. Unless you yeah. want to bring it up this way. Unless you bring it up this way and say, our son's really hurting. Are you willing to talk about that? And if so, you talk about it. If not, you don't. So my yeah. bottom line suggestion is this. Keep doing what you're doing until such time that you can't. And when you can't, when you can't do it any longer, that's when you're going to have to set a boundary and or a criteria. And when you do that, you're going to have to hold fast to it. Again, I'm going to okay. summarize because we'll wrap this up. You said you don't okay. feel like you're accomplishing much. I'm saying that you may not be, but in my opinion, you probably are accomplishing a lot more than you know. Yet there will come a time. There will come a time when you have to say, that's it. I've got to make this tough. I've got to do this. And when you do, then you make that decision and say, this, this is the boundary I'm going to set. This is the criteria. Or, you know, that's what it's going to be. The criteria can be something like the criteria is you're going to go to marriage counseling with me or this negative thing is going to happen. Or come to, to the workshop with Joe with me. If you do, this is the mm -hmm. positive thing that will happen. If not, this is the negative thing that's going to happen. And, of course, the boundary is if you continue to live with that other woman, then I'm going to have to do some things legally to handle some things financially, to handle things about uh, child custody, et cetera, et cetera. But don't ever do any of those things as an idle threat. If you do them, you've got to be ready to do them, and you've got to live through with them. Well, Joe, one more thing before you go to the next caller. That's another confusing thing was because ever since he's left, he has not he's – he's continued to pay the bills. All of his stuff's still here. He took a suitcase. Um, he doesn't – take money. There's no separate accounts. There's no other credit cards. I mean, he's still paying all of his things here. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he's, you know, splitting off, taking a, a separate bank account or coming and taking all of his things and officially moving in over there and setting up shop over there. And it's just a lot of confusing things that I'm thinking about like, okay, I don't know which way to go, you know, and I'm not reaching out to him all the time. Do I just continue right. that and wait for his interactions? Well, I've already given all the answers I know to give. You keep doing okay. what you're doing now until you cannot handle it anymore. If it, becomes, okay. it, it becomes destructive to you or your children or to him. Then you make a, a boundary. Even though he's still allowing the money to come through there, et cetera, et cetera, it's not the same consequence as if you say, okay, I'm finally going to get an attorney. I'm finally going to make things rough and tough on you, which an attorney would do. Now, I'm not suggesting you do that. I'm saying when, it, when there comes a time when you say, I can't keep doing what I'm doing now, then that's when you see the attorney and you say, guide me, help me to know what to do next. I want, I want child custody things ha hammered out. I want financial things handled. Hand, I'm sorry, I can't talk tonight. Hammered out, et cetera. Now, that has to be for mm -hmm. you to decide. I can't tell you what to do. Nobody can tell yeah. you. Well, people will try, but you really need to make that decision for yourself. And you make that at whatever point you say, I can't keep doing what I'm doing now. That's when you make that decision. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Okay. All right. Okay. May God be with you. I'm so sorry. Okay. We're going to go to our next caller now. This call is from New York. I believe that's right. Here you could 646 in New York. Welcome. You're on the Joe Beam Show. 
Okay, I cannot hear you, so apparently we have some kind of a bad connection. Are you still there? I can hear that this person's trying to talk to me, but uh, I can I can hear you trying to talk to me, but it's not coming through. I am so very sorry. All right, I'm going to try one more time. Let's see if I can connect this way. Hello, 646, are you there? Okay. All right, that one's not coming through. I am so sorry. I wish we could talk to you. You've been waiting for a while there, but for whatever whatever the thing is, it's just not coming through. And so we're going to go to co- area code 480. Hello, area code 480. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Hi, Joe. It's Tammy. Hi, Tammy. You're in Arizona, according to your area code. How can I help yes, you? Yes, I am. <laughs> well, listening to the other lady, I sure wish I was in her shoes. I have absolutely no contact with my husband. And mm-hmm. um, I listened to your uh, podcast of Limerence, and it is just classic Limerence. But I'm at the point now where I'm thinking maybe it's love. I don't know. Um, he was helping me financially. We've been married 24 years. We have twin boys. They both graduated uh, Christian colleges. One's in mm-hmm. seminary school. The one in seminary school will not speak to him. He's just mm-hmm. devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, he did call him on his birthday and told him happy birthday, and he said, "I don't want to. I don't want to speak to you about anything else." My husband was. Um, he moved in with a woman. He's been with her for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, it was off and on. He moved in and out of her house four times and kept coming mm-hmm. back to me and just in tears, didn't want to lose me. And then he would be really attentive to me. And then he would be standoffish. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, I've had no contact for probably five months. I finally left a message on his desk phone and just told him happy birthday that I loved him and I was praying for him. He mm-hmm. did text me, which was a big breakthrough for him and said, thank you for your message. We had a little bit of a conversation, and that was it. An answer to my prayer that some window would be open of communication. But he did file. I did get an attorney. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything. I did hear from the courts that lack of service was, but then the lawyer said, no, I've taken over. So it, you know, it'll go through. I'm asking for some spousal maintenance to get myself back on my feet. Right. Um, I've I've been I've listened to how, what you've gone through and what Richard and Petra got, went through. Um, I heard you and Richard say that because your limerence object cheated on you, that kind of opened up your eyes. Is that the only way it opens up people's eyes? If the limerent object cheats, or does the limerent object always cheat, or does it always end? I mean, I just I, I'm not I don't sure. Think, I don't think you heard me say that. Uh, if I said oh, okay. that, I, I thought I didn't you said your correctly. limit object. No, I, I said that, that she finally abandoned me. Richards oh. turned to somebody else. Richards turned to somebody else. Mine just finally left me. Let me explain why. When a person okay. lives in contradiction to his or her beliefs and value system, which I was doing back, you know, this is a long time ago for me, 30 years. But back yeah. when I was involved with her, when a person lives in contradiction to their beliefs and value, they go into a thing called cognitive dissonance. Dissonance means disharmony. Cognitive has to do with yeah. the head, the way you think and you feel. And there's only two ways out of cognitive dissonance. Either you stop doing the thing that's in contradiction to your belief and value system, or you change your belief and value system to make what you're doing okay. Now, that's what I did. I changed my belief yeah. and value system to make my being with her okay. Now, Here's the downside to that, to that relationship. Here's, here's what that does to a, the other person, at least some of the time. I can't say it's okay. going to happen to your husband's uh, limerent object, but it happened with me. When I changed my belief and value system, I did become a different person, and she didn't like the person that I became. Therefore, she ended it with me. Sometimes people change a belief and value system, and the limerent object, the other person, the one they're involved with, doesn't care. As a matter of fact, they have so changed their own belief and value system to make them what they're doing okay that they too have become somebody else. Now, when you say, okay, you think you might have turned, gone from limerence into love, let me speak to that just for a second. Limerence, okay. is, limerence is a kind of love. It's an intense love that is relatively short-lived. What I mean by that is the statistics indicate that it will go somewhere between three months and 36 months. Now, can it can it evolve into a different kind of love that's long-lasting? The answer is yes, it can. But typically, people who have left 
a marriage to be involved in a limited relationship with the other person do not evolve into that other kind of love or another kind of love that's long lasting. As a matter of fact, quite often what happens is ecstasy fades away. That's limerence. And therefore the halo effect goes away. The halo effect being, I can, I see only the good at you. I don't see anything bad about you. If I do see bad things about you, I explain them away. All that goes away eventually. Now, when it does, most people who have started that relationship by leaving a marriage, find themselves looking back and thinking, oh, my goodness, look at all the things I've lost. Like, for example, in your case, I've lost the respect of my son. He doesn't want anything to do with me. And when they finally get to that point where they're looking at and thinking about all the things they've lost, which they will not do until the intensity of limerence is over, in all likelihood, but when finally the intensity of limerence is over and they start thinking about that, that's when often they'll say, I can't live like this. I don't want to do this anymore. Now, therefore, if you're saying, I think it's possible that my husband may have evolved into a different kind of love with her, that is a possibility, but it is not a likelihood. And okay. The short period of time that you're describing, and I know it seems like a lifetime to you, yeah. but it's still, a, it's still a relatively short period of time. Limerence can last longer than that. So, Yeah, well, it's been a is, year, I guess, since off and on with him and I, a year. Like, like I said, yeah. he moved in with her, or he moved his stuff in there and moved it out and moved it in and then moved it out and then moved in with her and then moved it out and came banging on my door. And then she bought us this beautiful house, and she makes a lot of money where he works. So to me, it looked like, well, this, this great thing for him to go to because I'm living with my daughter in this small condo because we lost our home. And, you know, he just he's not real good with money. He hasn't been paying his bills, but he's living with okay. her now. And he just he was helping me financially and then stopped. He would text me every morning and it just stopped. It wasn't gradual. Okay. It just stopped. Right. And it right. stopped. The money Stopped. Everything stopped, and I right. found out he was living with her. So he's you been tell me that you have her. an attorney now, that your attorney's handling things at this yes. point? Didn't I hear well, that? because he filed. Okay, and but I is your attorney going to do things where the attorney makes out. it so that it will be really tough on him financially? In other words, is yeah. your attorney making sure that you're going to get all the money that you need? Is he is yes. attorney? Uh, uh, okay. Now, if your attorney's doing that, yeah. good for you, because the attorney will take care of those things. I'm all for yeah. making it as tough as possible on the person who has left you and living with another person, not out of vengeance, because yeah. if you do it out of vengeance, it's going to destroy yeah, you. Yeah, I don't. And I'm all for doing yeah, it. I'm not doing it out of, of vengeance. That you're causing him to realize the consequence of his behavior. And by realizing right. the consequence of his behavior, you actually can potentially speed things up where that he has to do something about this faster than he would otherwise. All right. So do you have yeah. a specific question for tonight then? Well, it was just that it, does the limerent object always cheat on the person or does it, No. you know, is that the only, because I know Richard said he had just decided that the, his limerent object said, I don't really want a long-term and he didn't want to do that. So I'm just wondering how, when he went back to his wife, did he, the reason he went back to his wife or is it because. You know, I think the reason he went just, back to his life is, well, first of all, she's an amazing woman. Trust me. And yeah, the second she sounded that amazing. When that relationship ended and he started looking at himself, where am I now? What have I lost? What have I given up? Then he realized, my goodness, yeah. part of what I've lost is this really amazing woman. I'll be asking them back on the program in the next few weeks, and you can ask him more oh, questions. Yeah. But no, yeah. the limerick object does not always cheat. Sometimes they fall out of limerence. And, well, here's the thing. Here are the three ways limerence ends. Number one, they wind up together. If they wind up together, limerence eventually ends because part of what drives limerence and makes it so strong is the fear that they're not going to be together. The second thing right. that ends limerence is when the other person ceases reciprocating. Now, that's what happened with Richard. It's also what happened with me, but for a different reason. What happened with Richard is she ceased reciprocating because she got involved with somebody else. With me, she mm -hmm. ceased reciprocating because of the fact that she didn't want to be around me anymore because of the moment I changed. The third way that limerence ends is that some people are what I call limerent addicts. And these are the people who tend to move into another relationship every three to five years. And it's always the most exciting, wonderful thing. Nobody's ever felt this way. This is amazing. 
And limerent addicts really do have a pattern every three to five years in another relationship, another relationship. Oh, my gosh. That's us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. His was well, every six years. And, yes, and, and, but this one is different. He says he's loved, he loves her and he misses yeah. her and he's moved in with her. Yeah, and he I just understand. lost all contact with me. And he was a Christian and I'm a Christian. We were both saved. And so he's just totally a different man. And I'm just, his belief and value system has just gone out the window. And it's just, well, since there's there is no a basic communication. principle of life, a basic principle of life. And that is, and, and as part of Christianity is in Galatians 6, 7 and 8, we read what we sow. It, it's, it's in every kind of relationship that you can, I mean, every kind of religion you can think about, like, um, uh, Karma, it's the same kind of concept, or it's similar concept at least. Uh, even people who are secular say what goes around comes around. And so one thing is definitely going to happen, and that is that what he's doing will come back to haunt him at some point. It will actually come back and bring him pain. I'm sorry that that's wow. going to happen, but it definitely will occur. Okay, I've got yeah. some other callers here, so I'm going to go Thank on. Take you, care Joe. of yourself out there in Arizona. All right? Thank okay. you. And our next area code, let's see, I'm going to go to it in just a second here, is uh, 317, which is in Indiana. And after that, by the way, I found the letter from Sweden. So after I call to the next letter, uh, talk to this next caller, I'm going to pause and read the letter from Sweden and answer that lady's question. Hello there in Indiana, area code 317, you're on the Joe Beam Show. Hello, Joe. Um, I, uh, my husband and I have been married, um, just over 26 years and, um, we have two sons that are still living at home, 17 and 22. Mm-hmm. We've not talked directly with them to tell them anything that's going on, but of course they've picked up that there's definitely, you know, something not right with mom and dad. Right. And they've, you know, asked me a couple of questions, you know, what's going on now. My husband has told me and over the last couple of months that he's planning to, um, that he wants to get a divorce. He finally said he wanted to get a divorce, uh, but nothing's happened. And um, just over the weekend, we were talking about it again. And he is of the impression that the kids are older, so they'll be fine. You know, it's not like they're, you know, in elementary school. So what's the best way to explain to him? Because I believe that, I mean, we've been married, like I said, over 26 years. Even though the kids are, our kids are older, um, it would still greatly affect them and would cause problems for them. So what's the best way to explain to my husband that even though they're not, you know, five or six years old, that it is still um, a really big potential problem for um, for our sons? If we do split up, because he thinks, oh, they'll be fine. They're older. They'll understand what's going on. They'll they'll be yeah. fine. I know that's what he thinks. You know, interestingly, right. interestingly though, we hear that from people, no matter what their kids' kids' ages are. They say it about two year olds. They said about three year olds. They said about thirteen year olds. They said about right. twenty two year olds. Well, I tell you what, I, if I can put together the right team, and I'll do my best to do so. If I can put together the right team next Tuesday night, I'll actually do a program on that. And we'll we'll great. actually give you some of the statistics, some of the research, what's been found out there. I think I can get the right people here for that. You see, we just started a new section of our nonprofit called Divorce Help for Kids. And mm-hmm. let me let me talk about just for a minute or two, if I may. In our in our initial research for this Divorce Help for Kids, we thought primarily it'd be for people, you know little kids up through maybe the end of high school. And yet the other day I was talking to Dr. Frank Scott. He's the head of the counseling center at Lipscomb University here in Nashville. And, and on the campus there, he's the head of the camp, uh, counseling center for the college students. And when I was telling him that, I said, you know, probably by up through high school, he said, you're, you're missing a point here. And I said, what's that? He said, don't just think it ends there. We have students coming in all the time who are, freshmen and sophomores and juniors and seniors and grad students. So we're talking about 18 through 25 year olds who are coming here regularly talking about the fact that their parents are splitting up and it's just ripping them to shreds. And so Frank's telling me that it definitely does apply to kids in your age group because they're seeing them in the counseling centers. In addition Mm -hmm. to that, we run into tons of adults out there. Some of them, their thirties and forties, 
whose parents are finally splitting up and they're saying, wow, this is just ripping us to shreds. We, we love both of our parents and now they're not going to be together. And they're not even thinking about, or at least the one who's leaving is not even thinking about how it's going to affect us and our children, the grandchildren, when it comes to things like holidays and weddings and so forth and mm-hmm. so on. And the emotions we have of we grew up loving both of you and now you're going to go off and do something different. And so, yes, but I'll tell you what I'll do. If I can get the crew, and I'm pretty sure I can, next mm-hmm. Tuesday night, we'll make it about that. Now, in the meantime, let me mention this to everybody who's listening. If you go to divorcehelpforkids.com, that's one long word, divorcehelpforkids.com. We had our kickoff meeting this, well, just this past weekend. We went to West Monroe, Louisiana. We met with uh, some of the Robertsons. You may have seen them on television. They're part of the Duck Dynasty mm-hmm. program. And and we had people come in from Texas and other places who are going to be on our um, uh, advisory board. And we had the official kickoff of what we're going to do. Now, I can't tell you a whole lot about it right now, except to say this. We're going to be building a website and a lot of apps for kids of all ages, including adults and including parents, helping them understand what's happening to kids, no matter what the age of the kid, even kids your age, and I'm, mm-hmm. I apologize for calling them kids when they're adults. I, I do but, <laughs> Okay, but kids your age, and it's going to have everything that, that can be done to help people, whatever their age, either the parents or the children, no matter what age the children are. Now, we, and, and forgive me, I'm about to do a commercial, <laughs> all right, we are now just beginning to accept donations for that because you can understand I mean, we're a 501c3 nonprofit, which means that gifts to us are tax deductible. But we are now in the process of raising the money because doing all those things, particularly the apps and the websites and all those kinds of things are extremely expensive to do. And so if if people out there go to divorcehelpforkids.com, you'll see on there a button that says donate. If you click that, you can actually give money to this. And if you give money to this, it's tax deductible, but it'll help us do all the things we need to do to get started on helping those kids. Gifts of any quantity right now are needed because we got to get this going. So done with the commercial, <laughs> divorcehelpforkids.com. Yeah. Go there to see. And, and if anybody who's listening, please donate whatever you can because we got to get this site up and going for kids. They need it. So please go there tonight. Click that donate button and give money for that. And what I'm saying to you now, back to mm-hmm. us, if you'll tune in next Tuesday night at 9 o'clock beginning Central Time, I'm going to have a team with me that's going to be online, on air, and we're going to talk a lot about the effect it has. And afterwards, that will be available on marriageradio.com. It'll also be available on iTunes if you subscribe free to Marriage Radio mm-hmm. with Joe Beam. And it mm-hmm. may be that what you can do is you download that off of marriageradio.com or out of uh, tunes and ask your husband if he would be willing to listen to it. If he's mm-hmm. not, at least you can have some statistics you can quote saying, let me tell you what the research out there is finding. And the research, by the way, is not done by religious people who have some kind of an agenda. And although I'm not against religious people, don't misunderstand. This is by universities and other groups out there that are researching this from a totally scientific viewpoint and Mm -hmm. saying there is great damage to the kids if you divorce. And so for you and all those others out there, I'll plan on doing that next Tuesday night beginning at nine. How about that? Great. That sounds good. Do you think it's better? Because I don't want the divorce. I want us to work things out. I actually want to come to your three-day workshop. In Mm -hmm. the meantime, is it, is it, do you think it's better to kind of try to, even though they are older, to kind of shield them from, I, I know I haven't, I haven't told them and my husband hasn't told them that he's talking about wanting to split up and I don't want them, you know, upset and worried about it. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, trying to kind of work through everything. So is it probably just better to answer some general questions? You know, yeah, we're having a rough patch, but, you know, or should I, should I tell them that, you know, the dad's talking about wanting to get mm-hmm. a divorce. It, I'm not sure if it's better to be honest since they are older about what's going on or just try and shield them as much as possible while I'm trying to How mature are they? stand for the marriage. Um, I think they're both pretty mature. 
Okay. Now, in answer to anything doing with kids, no matter what their age, we we'll always try to look at their emotional maturity. You know, I know that sometimes we want to protect people and therefore we, we prevent them from hearing certain things because we think it's better to protect them. But the age that your children are and the fact that they already know something's going on, what they're imagining may be even worse than reality. If it were I, if I were in that situation and my kids were your age and they were saying, mm-hmm. tell me what's happening, I'd tell them. Now, I wouldn't throw my husband under the bus, as I told right. him. You know, because you don't want to make it where it's like, you know, just hear my side and be mad at your dad. That's not going to do any good. But right. I think if you answer, okay, and, and there's some questions you might want to ask your dad, but here I'll answer your questions for me. With kids that age, if it were I, because of the fact they are mature, I would answer their questions rather than keep them in the dark. In my opinion, keeping, mm-hmm. keeping them in the dark is not a kind thing to do when they're that age and they know something's going on. Now, you have mm-hmm. to decide. You know your kids. I don't. Right. That's what that's what I would do. Well, when my husband and I talked about it, he said, you know, eventually we're going to need to sit down with them and tell them that we've decided to get a divorce. And I said, well, no, I'm not comfortable with that because I don't want it. I'm not going to Good. tell them Good. that we agree to it. Good. And he said, oh, well, you, you want to make me the bad guy? And I said, no, not that at all. <laughs> I just, I'm <laughs> not going to agree to to tell them that when when you and I both know that this is not what I want. I'm not agreeing to it. Good so we haven't said anything. Thanks. So we Good haven't said anything to them, but you know, especially the seventeen-year-old, he says, you know, mom, just you know, what's going on? And I yeah. know things aren't good. You know, I notice dad doesn't hug you like he was. And he's, you know, right. I don't hear him saying I love you. So I, I know they're picking up on obviously some things, but um, yeah, if, again, maybe, if it were, maybe I should just try and were, give them some him. general. Okay. Yeah, why, why let him just go through all this misery of worry, worry, worry? At least if you tell him he knows what it is. And by the way, that statement of your husband's, oh, yeah, make me the bad guy. You understand that that's a manipulative statement, right? It, that's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. He, he wants some of the uh, Well, you know, he has guilt. to accept I think he's feeling guilty. Well, maybe, but he's got to accept responsibility for his own behavior. And good mm-hmm. for you that you're not going to buy into that. And if he, has, if he says it again, well, you want me to be the bad guy, just say again what you said before. Hey, I'm not the one that wants a divorce. You are. Don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take responsibility for your decisions. And don't mm-hmm. let him manipulate you out of that. Please, please don't mm-hmm. let him do that. Okay? No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm good. Not. Good for you. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, thank take, you. Okay. All right, now I found the email from Sweden, so I'm going to pause here and respond to that. Forgive me that uh, I didn't have it when I first started the program. Dear Joe, I've listened to all the podcasts, read most of the articles on MaryChilper.com. I got the Affair Toolkit, which is, uh, those are two different videos, each over an hour, each about an hour and 15 minutes, divided into smaller segments so you don't have to watch all of it at one time. And, and that is a great help at least we hear from a lot of people that is a great help if your spouse is having an affair. One of those hour and 15-minute videos is for you, helping you understand what's going on. The other is for your spouse so that if he or she's ever willing to look at it, you have it. It all comes in the affair toolkit, and she's got that. Now, the good thing is you can download that in Sweden just like you can download it any place else in the world, so she has that. As mentioned in your video, my husband and I apologize for our mistakes. I've apologized for all my contributions to his affair, and he forgave me. Let me explain that just a little bit here. We never recommend that you take responsibility for anything that's not your fault. Nor do we mean by this that what you did justify your spouse's affair. If a person's having an affair, if a person's committing adultery, it's their decision. Now, you may have had some contributions to the relationship not being as good as it is, but it's still not your fault that your husband or wife decided to have the affair. And so what she's referring to here is she's saying, I apologize for my contributions, meaning she's saying, I apologize for the things I didn't do well in my marriage. Never take responsibility for your spouse's affair. Never take responsibility for something you didn't do. But it's a good thing to accept responsibility and to say you're sorry for the things you did that really had a negative effect on the relationship. So she goes on to say, my husband apologized for having the affair, for hurting me, and I forgave him. Good. They forgave each other. We're still friends. He writes two to three times a week to wish me a good day. 
He still wants to go with me for the hobbies we have in common, which are hobbies that he doesn't have in common with the other woman. He said he loves me, but is in love with her. And maybe he's doing the biggest mistake by leaving a marriage, but says that maybe the future brings us together again. Is that hope? <laughs> Let me stop and say, maybe. It may be hope, but it may be a rationalization as well. Now, you understand that I can't tell you why he says what he says. Only he can know why he's saying what he's saying, what it really means to him. I can speculate, like many other people can speculate, based on our experience, what we've seen others do, so forth and so on. But only he can tell you what that really means. So it is a possibility that he's saying, maybe I'm making the biggest mistake of my life in leaving you. Maybe someday we'll be together again. Does that mean that maybe there's some hope? Yes, it could mean that. Absolutely. It could be a way that he's dealing with his guilt. It could be a way to keep you from pushing things. It could be any number of things. And unfortunately, I can't tell you what those things are because only he can do that. She goes on to say, after spending Easter traveling together, he said he felt closer to me physically and emotionally and even saw a future for us, uh, even saw a future for us, but still chooses to be with the other woman. It's not unusual for people to vacillate when they're in this limerent relationship with someone else. Now, if he were in full-fledged deep limerence, you very likely would not be seeing that kind of vacillation. So when I see that kind of vacillation, it tells me that in all likelihood, either he's in the early phases of limerence or he's in the latter phases of limerence. Because when you're in the middle, in that full-fledged state, you typically don't think like that. All you can think about is being with the other person. She goes on to say, he moved out of our house for the second time a month ago with one piece of luggage. The first time, it only lasted 10 days, and he and the other woman didn't get along. He stayed with me for a month. He made himself accountable, but then said he felt controlled and that he missed the other woman. He says he still misses me. I've asked him if I should start paying the rent since he's living with the other woman, but he refuses. Okay, a couple of things here. You say he felt controlled. Now, he could have said that just to justify leaving you. Obviously, I don't know your situation, so I can't tell you if you were controlling or not. However, if you were controlling, then you need to deal with that. We have offered a, an ebook about control that you can listen to. I mean, I'm sorry, that you can read. And there are within that booklet, that ebook, there are several things you can do to assess whether or not you're controlling. If you have that already, please go through those 30 questions to try to assess if you're controlling. If you don't have that, then please ask, uh, please send an email to ask Joe. That's A S K J O E. Ask Joe at marriage helper. That's marriage helper, marriagehelper.com and say, please send me the ebook about control. We'll be glad to send that to anybody who's listening. If you don't have it, we'll send it to you. Now, when you get that ebook about control, Go through, read everything in it, and especially assess yourself on those 30 statements to see if indeed you might be controlling. If so, stop it. Don't do that anymore. Now, again, he may have said that just to justify his leaving, but if you felt controlled, that's something you can fix. You don't need to be like that. He says he still misses me. I've asked him if I should start paying the rent since he's living with the other woman, but he refuses. I'm assuming that means that he's still paying your rent. I think that's a good thing. Uh, why should you pay the rent if he's going to do that? Now, why would he have moved with her if it didn't work the first time, she asked. And the answer is, I don't know. Is that limerence or because I was a controlling wife? The answer to that is, I don't know. Or because he sees her as a better option than me. I probably do know the answer to that. The answer to that probably is, Yes. Now, don't hear that as a bad thing. Don't hear me as, as condemning or criticizing you. There's a general principle that I've not seen fail yet, and it goes like this. People don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. Therefore, the fact that he left you to be with her in all likelihood indicates that, yes, he still thinks that's a better option right now. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to feel that way tomorrow or next month or next year, but at least right now. So did he leave because of limerence? Is it because you were controlling? Well, you can find that out when you actually get that ebook and assess yourself. Why would he go back if it didn't work the first time? That probably is limerence. I can't say for sure. Again, I don't know. I don't know him. 
But limerence does those kinds of things. It, it leads you to make some really illogical decisions. So she says, what else can I do apart from working on my pies, being the safe place, being giant, gentle and kind and patient? Well, I, I would just keep doing those things. Now, at some point, and I've said this already in this program tonight, if you reach a point where you cannot handle it anymore, like it's just too destructive, it's just tearing me apart, that's when you decide to set a boundary and say, if you do this, this is the negative consequence that's going to occur. Again, I encourage everybody to go to iTunes, subscribe free to Marriage Radio with Joe Beam, and look for the podcast on the Definitive Guide to Boundaries. And if you can find that one, it's a little over an hour. It's a program where I didn't take questions. I just answered a lot of questions without talking to people and talked a lot about how do you set a boundary? How do you set a criteria? What is it? What is it not? If you're going to do it, how do you do it? And so there will come a time when you finally decide if, if, if you can tolerate what's happening now and he's interacting with you, then there's great value in that because you have communication. If there comes a time when you can't tolerate it because it's destroying you emotionally, spiritually, whatever, in any other fashion, or if you have children, if it's destroying them, or if you see that it's destructive behavior to him, that's when you finally say, okay, I've got to set a criteria or I've got to set a boundary. Now, again, I can't go through all of that again now, but I suggest you go to iTunes with Mar uh, Subscribe free again to Marriage Radio with Joe Bean. Find that one, listen to it, download it. You're going to listen to it as many times as you wish, and it'll tell you how to do that. Now, I'm going to try again this caller that I tried a little while ago, and we could not connect. I'm going to try that. Before I do, let me tell you again about DivorceHelpForKids.com. DivorceHelpForKids, all one long word, dot com. We, are, we have officially kicked off of developing the apps and the websites and the other resources we're going to use for the parents of kids and for the kids themselves. And it'll be uh, relevant by age. So different things for the little kids and for the kids a little older, different things for the kids a little older than them, all the way up through adults. Now we're going to be building that as quickly as we can, but that's all very expensive. I mean, to do all these things that we're going to be doing on the internet and with the apps and et cetera, costs a lot of money. Plus we are associating with some real fascinating experts that are going to be helping us with the materials. And these experts, they'll be donating some other things, but we also have to pay them because we're going to be getting a lot of stuff from them. And so we suggest that when you go to divorcehelpforkids.com, you will see a button there, a little thing that says donate, click that and give. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. It'll tax deductible. Give as much as you possibly can because we've got to get started now. We'd love to have this thing ready to go by the end of the year. And it's going to be a very expensive and very detailed. And so if you will, whatever you can do, please go to that site and do it tonight. Divorcehelpforkids.com. Okay, I'm going to try this number one more time. We tried it before and it did not work. I'm going to click it and see if we can actually get a contact this time. It's a number in New York. It's 646. We'll try you one more time. Hello, area code 646. Are you there? Yes, hello. Okay. I tried to contact earlier and couldn't hear you. How can we help you tonight? Yes, hi. Um, my name is Cheryl. Um, okay. I've been married for um, cause over 25 years. I'm sorry, I couldn't um, hear you, Sharon. Could you speak up uh, a little bit? Yes, I was married for about 25 years. Okay, I, I cannot, I can't, I cannot hear you. Can you try holding the phone a different way or something? Yes. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Uh, a little Can you bit. Can now? A little bit. You said you've been married how long? About twenty-five years. Twenty-five years. Okay. How can I help yes. you tonight? And um, well, I've caught my husband in an affair. And um, that is, you know, it's nothing, but I, you know, every woman knows it's something. Um, but he, you know, he, he's still here. He hasn't gone anywhere. And he said, you know, it was over. We're going to try to reconcile whatever, you know, made us go to where we're at. 
And like you said, I have apologized for what part I played into him going out, stepping out on me. Uh-huh. Um, and this was maybe like about like in November. Uh-huh. Um, maybe in just this past April, I noticed, you know, something on his phone. And it was the same number, so I asked uh-huh. him, and he's like, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. I'm like, well, what are you still there? He was mm-hmm. like, no, it's nothing. And I'm like, well, if it's nothing, why are you still calling this person? And it's like, you can't really give me an answer. And I know I hear you talking about leverance. And I, I've spoken to the woman, and she said, this has been going on for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, years? She's like, years. And I'm like, I really don't want to give up my marriage, but I don't feel like, how can I trust him? Um, you know, I'm torn. How can I trust him? If you're saying it's nothing, how are you, you know, you're playing two people. And and then I hear right. you just say something to the other woman. Um, If he doesn't leave, he's still there, more likely. What he's found over at you know, the other woman, it can't right. be better so, than what he's had. Let me make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. You're saying you've confronted him with it, and he's denying it? Is that what I heard you say? But you also talked to her, and mm-hmm. she says it is going on. Now, yeah. do you believe her? I mean, is this the kind of person who will tell you the truth, or is she just trying to cause you problems? Well, I believe she's telling the truth, yeah. Okay, so you don't think she's saying this just to be mean or just to try to get no. her to leave you so she can get what she wants? Okay, no. and the question I heard you say was, how can you trust him if he refuses to admit the truth? And the answer is, I don't know any way you can trust him if he refuses to admit the truth. Mm. Do you? No. If you have what you believe is definitive proof that, that he's been involved with her for the last two years, and he's saying, I have not, but you really believe her. And that's the key thing here. You've got to really look in your heart and say, do I really believe her? If you really believe her and, and he's saying, I'm not going to admit it, I, I refuse to do that. I don't know how you build trust when you are convinced that the other person is lying to you. And so maybe that becomes the conversation you have with him. You look him in the eye and say, I want to fight for my marriage, but... I cannot trust you until you admit the truth. Now, does he know that you talked to her? Yeah, yeah. And what did he say when you told him that you talked to her and what she said? How did he respond to that? Something similar to like, you're, you're, you're calling her? I'm like, yeah, I have. Okay. So rather than dealing like, with well, it, he attacked you. Yeah. Now that's, that's not unusual. That's typically the way it happens. If, if people get caught by that method, often, rather than dealing with the truth, they attack the person for doing that kind of checking. So in that conversation, did he say she's lying? No. Did he say, I have not been involved with that woman? He say it's nothing. That's what he's saying. It's yeah, similar to I'm not really involved with her, but right. you're there. So it's kind of up to you. What do you do next? I mean, it sounds to me like you're in a situation where you either going to say, okay, I believe you. Let's go on from here, which it sounds pretty clear that you don't believe him. And if you don't believe him, it's going to be, okay, we've got to find some way to deal with this because I can't go past it. Are you ready to do um to bring about negative consequences if he doesn't tell you the truth? Wait, am I ready to bring negative consequences? Right. Um, For example, if he doesn't tell you the truth, are you going to tell him you got to move out? Are you going to say, I'm going to see a divorce attorney? Or are you going to say, I mean, you, you're in a situation where either you choose to believe him. And if you choose to believe him, you go on. And if you don't choose to believe him, if, if, you want trust to exist, then you're going to have to do something to make him fess up. Would you agree or disagree with that? I agree. I agree. Okay. And probably the only way you're going to get him to fess up is if you create some kind of a negative consequence that he has to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That's what you're now, 
If you have not listened to it yet, I suggest you go to iTunes, subscribe free to Marriage Radio with Joe Beam, look for the podcast on The Definitive Guide to Boundaries. The Definitive yeah, Guide to yeah. Boundaries. Right. I strongly suggest yeah. you listen to that before you decide what you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, after All you right. do that, if you want to call me back, please do so. In the meantime, I suggest that's the next step for you, okay? And so okay. now what we're going to do, we, uh, I don't have any callers waiting on me out there, so I guess I'm going to go ahead and end this program. We're going in an hour and five minutes. Thank you for being part of it. And next week, Lord willing, we're going to do a program about how divorce affects kids, whatever their age. Be here with us for that.